Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. We would like to thank Allied Magazine for sponsoring this podcast episode. Allied Magazine combines allied health and wellness with a fresh outlook on people who are shaping and shaking up the industry across business, allied health, fitness, and wellness. Whether you are looking for a boost of creativity, professional advice from industry experts, the most exciting new products and technology, Allied Magazine is the only magazine allied health professionals need. And when you sign up to the Derm Health Co. directory as a practitioner, you can receive a complimentary subscription to one month of the digital copy of Allied Magazine. To find out more, go to dermhealth.co or visit alliedmagazine.com. When it comes to healing, I'm sure you've all considered the implications of keeping a wound clean, ensuring that we don't allow bacteria to enter, preventing infection, etc. But how often have you considered the importance of nutrition in healing? Welcome to the Heal Thy Skin podcast. I'm Marnie, your host, and today I'm speaking with Fiona Tuck, nutritional medicine practitioner and founder of Vitasol. Fiona Tuck has over 25 years of experience in the skincare and wellness industry and is known in the media as the myth buster of the nutrition world. Fiona is an accomplished businesswoman, author, nutritional medicine practitioner, skincare expert, yoga teacher, and an accredited member of the Australian Traditional Medicine Society. Her in-depth knowledge and insight into future trends within the wellness industry has made her a sought-after media commentator. And Fiona regularly appears on Australian national television, including Channel 7's The Morning Show, Sunrise, Network 10's Studio 10, Today Tonight, The Daily Edition, and most currently as a resident nutrition expert for the Today Show Extra, Channel 9. Fiona is the author of the book, The Forensic Nutritionist, and she devotes the majority of her time giving wellness talks, commentating in the media, and running her whole food nutraceutical range, Vitasol. Fiona shares how her journey to nutrition inspired her viewpoint of prevention over cure and the importance of optimal nutrition during recovery of major surgery or aesthetic treatments that are quite intensive or invasive. I started by asking Fiona what she thought was the biggest misconception about nutrition and healing. Well, I think probably the biggest misconception is that it doesn't really matter what we eat because the body is going to heal itself so I think probably what a lot of people don't realize is how important nutrition is when it comes not only to skin health but particularly when it comes to skin healing so if if the skin is going through healing if there's any 
trauma, for instance, or if it's going through that process of, of wound healing, then the body will require more nutrients for that. So nutrition is going to affect the skin health, but it's also going to directly affect skin healing. So making sure we have adequate nutrition is particularly important when the skin is going through wound healing. And can you tell us what happens nutritionally when someone undergoes trauma or major surgery, more in the context of aesthetic surgery or aesthetic procedures? Absolutely. So obviously when we go through any procedures, when there's any kind of inflammation to the skin, the skin is going to go through different phases of, of wound healing. So obviously we've, we've got sort of inflammatory phases, then it goes through phase of proliferation and then maturation if need be it depends on what the actual um, treatment is what the client has had done and the degree of intensity as well and depending on how severe the trauma is if you like will depend on the nutrient requirements so the more our immune system is involved the more stress the more inflammatory mediators come into play that means our nutrient requirements will go up as well. So to give you an example, something like protein, protein we need for a lot of different responses within the body, but protein is really vital to the healing process of the skin. It's also going to be involved in, in a way, the inflammatory process because it's, it's there to support or in the inflammatory phase, should I say, because it's there to support things like platelet function. It's going to help with the fibroblast proliferation. It's also going to be involved in the, the wound remodeling. It's going to help with things like lymphocytes, collagen production, and, and even the formation of new, new blood vessels or uh, capillaries. So when we're, when, when we're looking at nutrition, there's so many different nutrients, vitamins and minerals that are involved in all of those different different stages for instance we need things like the b vitamins which are going to help to moderate the the local wound metabolism because we need energy for when things are repairing as well vitamin c we know is going to help with collagen it helps to stabilize collagen and it's also going to increase the tensile strength of the wound tissues it's going to support free radicals um, damage as well that can actually happen when we get more inflammation in the skin so, so many nutrients were involved, vitamin D, vitamin K, zinc, iron, copper, and all of these are working across all of the different stages of wound healing, whether it be via enzyme reaction or whether it be something like iron needed to deliver oxygen to the tissues. Um, that's all very important. So if, we, if we're not getting any of these specific nutrients, it may be that you're iron deficient, then that's going to affect how oxygen is delivered to the tissue. It's going to affect sort of energy generation from the cells. It's going to affect the transfer of iron to the tissues. And so that's going to result in slower wound healing and in impaired wound healing. So Key individual nutrients are really important when it comes to looking at how we can support the wound healing process. Mm, how fascinating. And can you walk us through the pathway of how nutrients are used in the body for, say, repair and remodeling, which you've touched on a little bit already, um, but just expand on that? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to a pathway that there is no one single pathway because we know that everything in the body 
is interconnected. So one tiny little cut to the skin is then going to send a cascade of um, reactions throughout the body. And so depending on what's actually occurring is going to depend on, you know, that actual pathway that's going to occur. What's also interesting is we even now know that what goes on topically on the skin, so if there's significant trauma to the surface of the skin, something like a burn, for instance, that creates inflammatory mediators, which we now know can actually affect the um lining of the gut and the gut cell integrity which we used to think that the gut can affect this uh, the rest of the body but we never realized that now even what happens superficially to the skin may be actually affecting us on a a deeper level as well Mm, so it's just so interconnected so interconnected and what are some of the other nutrients that we need specifically in these times? You mentioned proteins, um, but is it just mi- the micronutrients or also macronutrients that are important or a bit of both? A bit of both. So so we need the macronutrients and the micronutrients. So protein we need for, um, as I said, you know, it's, it's involved in even the immune system. Um, it's also going to affect osmotic pressure in the, in the body. We need it for collagen synthesis and the granulation of tissue formation. So protein is crucial and really the more traumatic the wound, the more protein we're going to need. So if it's something like a burn, our protein requirement is significantly going to go up. Um, carbohydrates, something that often get overlooked and they've been given quite a bad, bad rap and we particularly things like refined carbohydrates but we do need carbohydrates because carbohydrates are going to be converted into glucose and we need that for energy for tissue repair and tissue regeneration so going completely carbohydrate free or cutting out carbohydrates isn't going to be beneficial we we do need some but particularly you know the whole grains that are going to come with the added phytonutrients are going to be really beneficial and then of course even fats we need um, fats which are a essential component for healthy cell membranes we need good fats for the synthesis of new cells so getting the good fats into the diet um, is important as well but prior to surgery certain fats like your omega-3s we would need to reduce because they can affect blood clotting so it does get quite complicated but things like vitamins and minerals we know that that certain things like zinc iron copper um, are all necessary for wound healing zinc's involved in lots of different enzyme reactions it's also involved in protein synthesis so even if you've got the protein we need to be able to break it down and then use it Um, we need zinc for a healthy immune system as well and so if somebody was say low in zinc that could actually inhibit wound healing Um, but saying that if somebody's on really high levels of zinc and they're taking supplements in very, very high doses, that can also affect wound healing in a negative way because that could inhibit um, copper. And we need copper as a cofactor for things such as angiogenesis and for the cross-linking of the collagen fibers to help rebuild the tissue. So you can start to see that it it's actually a very, very complex process. And really it's about getting the nutrients in the right 
balance so they can work in synergy together. Mm, Yeah, I can see just how complex and how there can be complications occurring when we're treading that fine line. So Fiona, what food sources should we be looking at? Well, when we're looking at foods to help with with wound healing, it really does come back to having a, a healthy whole food diet. So if we're looking at proteins to get those important amino acids we're looking at good quality protein so things such as fish eggs yogurt poultry um legumes you know lentils chickpeas are are really good sources of that and then of course we want to be looking at things such as whole grains because what they're going to do is to help to provide a slow steady fuel source good quality carbohydrates which are also going to give us those necessary nutrients as well fresh fruits and vegetables and a variety of different color fruits and vegetables because each different color fruit and vegetables is going to supply different nutrients and different phytochemicals. So that's also really important. Also, we're going to be getting things like polyphenols, which we know are also good for um, not only our skin and for our capillaries, but also good for gut health as well. So even getting in some of that prebiotic fiber is going to be beneficial for gut health, which is in turn, in effect, going to help with immune function. Mm. And in contrast, what are some things that we should avoid? I mean, we might think of junk food, but are there other things that we might not have thought of that could perhaps inhibit healing or somehow um, have an effect on the healing ability? Well, junk food isn't going to be beneficial, particularly anything that is high in sugar because sugar does affect the immune system. Also, it will drive up our our nutrient requirement, you know, for things like magnesium. So, lowering high sugar sugary drinks lowering highly processed foods because a lot of processed foods even if they are supposedly healthy foods they're still highly processed and they can have a lot of sugar in them they can have salt they can also have additives in there things like emulsifiers which we now know can actually affect the gut microbiota which can therefore lead to more gut issues it can throw off the gut bacteria can put that out of balance that in turn can then cause knock-on reactions things like um, gut dysbiosis we can see inflammation within the gut as well it can even affect the immune system so trying to eat a, a whole food diet with lots of fresh foods is really important cutting back on alcohol alcohol um is going to affect the immune system, our nutrient requirement is going to go up. And so ultimately that could impair wound healing as well. And alcohol can thin the blood. So definitely don't want to be having alcohol prior to any treatments or surgery or even post-treatment. Then something like smoking, which will impair wound healing. But, you know, if you're smoking and you're having a operation or you're having surgery or even if you're just having a skin treatment that is a little bit more invasive, something like collagen induction therapy, then smoking is going to deplete important nutrients, particularly things such as vitamin C. And vitamin C is really important for collagen production. It's important for um, healthy capillaries. And so... We're going to see impaired wound healing and what we can also see is sluggish lymphatics and so there can be more pre- um, or post-operative swelling and edema as well. 
Mm, so these would be some of the risks of not taking in the required nutrients during times of healing? Yes. I bet, yeah. Absolutely. So if we're not getting enough nutrients, then we're going to see this poor wound healing or delayed or slower wound healing. Um, it could also mean that we're seeing more inflammation. And we could also, if we're having more inflammation and impaired wound healing, we can be at more risk of infection. And then obviously infection can lead to more, more serious complications and we can even get more risk of scarring as well. Mm. So I guess you've touched on how important it is to have the right nutrients when you're undergoing repair. Um, what are some signs of nutrient or nutritional deficiency or depletion, particularly in these more vulnerable times when we might be healing from something that is more intensive? Well, it does depend. I mean, it's different for everybody and different nutrients will have different signs of depletion. So sometimes it can go unrecognized because I think a lot of people can be depleted in nutrients and then just put something down as fatigue down to being tired when it could actually be a sign that you are low in certain nutrient things such as iron for instance one of the first signs is is tiredness so I think it really is about start to become aware of your body even dry skin may be a sign that you could be low in b vitamins and not getting enough essential fats in the in the diet but but common deficiency would be something like tiredness dry hair um, you might be getting flecks of white flecks on the nails or ridged fingernails there will start to be signs there it might be that the eyes are bloodshot dark circles under the eyes it might be that the this sign of poor wound healing may be purple marks on the skin after a breakout or a little mark which means that the skin is taking longer to heal those marks hang around for longer and um, that would start to say that you would might indicate to me that you're you're low in in nutrients i mean really a, a good thing to do prior to having any treatment is to go and see a nutritionist to even have a blood test to test to make sure that you know key nutrients aren't depleted, particularly things like iron, looking at zinc as well, which are key when it comes to the wound healing, and then making sure you are getting adequate amounts of antioxidants and things like vitamin C in your diet to actually assist with that. Mm, that's really good advice because I think if someone is undergoing, whether it be reconstructive surgery, plastic surgery, or more intensive aesthetic treatments, they might not particularly even have had that discussion with that practitioner or their clinician about nutrition. So, um, yeah, I really love that you've highlighted that it is actually good to have a look in and have a bit more of an investigation into where your nutrition is currently sitting or where your levels are currently sitting before you undergo some of those treatments. You know, I've, I've seen people with delayed um, and poor wound healing after treatments and things such as collagen induction therapy. I've actually seen people that have actually had permanent petechiae because mm. they've been um, so low in vitamin C and they've been a heavy smoker. So that's actually then contributed to being depleted in the vitamin C and the skin literally can't heal itself. That angiogenesis that we need when we've got that formation of new um, capillary network just cannot occur because there's not enough nutrients in the skin. And where we've, we've caused trauma to the skin rather than the skin heal itself, the skin has 
become, you know, permanently left traumatised with permanent scarring. So it is really important. And if somebody is even a heavy smoker, you know, 10, 20 cigarettes a day, certain treatments I would I would be really hesitant to perform. Mm, it makes so much sense. Um, so what can't nutrition do for healing? Like is just having good nutrition and good levels going to kind of ensure that we get the best healing outcomes or is it sometimes just a limitation and just a piece in the puzzle? Well, having good nutrition is going to be really, really crucial to having good wound healing. Um, Something I didn't mention, which is probably overlooked quite often and it plays a huge role in wound healing, is water. Now, you know, we all say about drink drink water for, for healthy skin, but water is one of the most essential things when it comes to good wound healing. So making sure that we're adequately hydrated because if we have a lack of moisture at the surface of a wound, that can actually halt cellular migration. It can decrease blood oxygenation and, and it can actually quite seriously delay wound healing. Mm. Um, and that's why, again, you know, having high sodium diet can actually be, you know, have a negative effect as well. So, we can become dehydrated by having too much sodium. Um, so making sure we're adequately hydrated is really important and actually upping the fluid intake if you are having you know, something that's more invasive is actually going to be beneficial because you're going to need more water to actually help with the transfer or the transport of those, those cell mediators. So it is a very important thing. So diet's important, but I'd include water in that as well. But if somebody does have um, healing issues, you know, like a genetic malfunction of the skin, nutrition's not going to help there. We, we can't change if there's a genetic defect in the skin and the skin isn't functioning at its optimum best. So therefore, if somebody had keloid scarring, it doesn't matter how good your nutrition is, it's not going to affect that. Mm. And just, um, I guess, for water, would we be needing to increase our intake of water during this time or what would kind of the, the, the recommended intake be? Yeah, so increasing. So there's actually not a guideline of how much water we should be drinking um and what i mean by that you know we can see on instagram instagram or whatever people saying oh you must have three liters a day and that's not necessarily true because it really does depend on your size your activity level and how much fluid you're actually losing so if you are somebody that's very active that sweats a lot you're going to need a not a lot more fluid than a small person that's relatively sedentary and doesn't sweat very much so how much fluid you lose is a good gauge as to how much fluid you should be replacing. But as a guide, sort of one and a half litres is a is a very average guideline. Maybe two litres um, going, you know, upping it if, if you if you're not, you know, having that much fluid prior to um, having a treatment. But again, some people will be having a diet that's very high in fruit and vegetables and they're going to be getting fluid that way. They're also going to be getting fluid through what they're drinking, things like milk and things like herbal teas. So it doesn't just have to be through water, but water probably is clean, filtered water, the best way to to get your fluid intake up. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. (laughs) 
If you know someone experiencing a skin condition or concern and you're enjoying these episodes, then be sure to share the podcast with them. It may help them on their skin health journey more than you realize. And just shifting gears a little bit, Fiona, we've kind of spoken about nutrition and inflammation when it comes to when we've had trauma or surgery. Um, But I want to talk about inflammation perhaps being caused by nutrition and can nutrition really cause inflammation there's been some um, different things coming out over online you know social media um, referring to certain diets certain nutrition causing inflammation in the body are you able to expand on that a little bit yes and I always say you know there's no one size fits all so some foods get a bad rap because they're supposedly inflammatory, but they may not be. So to give you an example, gluten. If somebody has got celiac disease, then gluten is extremely inflammatory and they need to stay away from it. It it can be very damaging to the lining of the gut and cause associated problems such as malabsorption and nutritional deficiencies. So in that case, yes, that would be a pro-inflammatory food. But for somebody that doesn't have a gluten intolerance, it won't be. Um, so people will react to foods differently. The, the same goes for dairy. If somebody has got a dairy allergy or a dairy intolerance, there's going to be more of an inflammatory response than if somebody somebody doesn't. But as a whole, you know, the standard Western diet is an inflammatory diet where we've got processed food with um, additives in there, high sugar, and a lot of refined processed oils, which are often very high in omega-6, which if we have a lot of omega-6 in the diet, it can affect our omega-3. Now, omega-3 is an essential fatty acid that sort of goes down the pro-inflammatory pathway, or sorry, the anti-inflammatory pathways, whereas omega-6 kind of shunts towards the pro-inflammatory pathways. So the more omega-6 we have, the more likely we are to have more inflammation in the body if our omega-3 and our omega-6 ratio isn't imbalanced. So a lot of processed food has a lot of refined vegetable oils in, and that's where we're seeing a lot of the problem. Also, if we're having a lot of animal products you know we're having a lot of fatty foods fatty meats Um, if we're having pies and cakes and pastries with trans fats in them these are also potentially inflammatory inflammatory foods we've then got the whole gut issue that we have to look at so if somebody is eating foods that are causing what we call gut dysbiosis where we're getting an imbalance between the beneficial bacteria in the gut and then the pathogenic bacteria, if that becomes out of balance and we're getting more pathogenic bacteria, that in turn can create more more inflammation within the gut and then we can see um, increased gut permeability, further inflammation and even more sort of autoimmune type responses. So what we eat can play a very big role in inflammation and we're not talking about sort of localized topical inflammation where we see redness and swelling and then it subsides we're talking about sort of a a chronic low-grade inflammation which long term can actually have a negative effect Mm. and i guess it's probably more referring to um 
inflammatory markers as opposed to, as you mentioned, inflammation on the skin and swelling. Yes. Is so, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, inflammation is an integral, integral component of the normal immune response. And that's going to occur whenever cells encounter something like a harmful stimuli or then, you know, wounding to the skin. Um, it might be because there's invading pathogens. It might be damage to the cell or it might be irritants. So those irritants can be topical irritants or they can be ingested irritants and during that time of inflammation the cells will activate an inflammatory process and and response so that we're going to see an increase in the production of things like cytokines you know proteins that are going to re recruit and activate our immune cells um, but but what's interesting is sort of the the inflammatory process and the mitochondrial metabolism in the cell are very closely associated so the mitochondria are often referred to as the little powerhouses of our cells which help to produce energy and they're so important to help the cells to function normally because we, we need energy to produce or convert fatty acids and glucose to give us this ATP which gives us energy. Now during inflammation the mitochondrial metabolism is tem temporarily reprogrammed to suppress this. And so instead of making ATP, these um, fatty acids and glucose are diverted to increase the production of, of pro-inflammatory mediators. So this then um, increases our reactive oxygen species. So basically free radical attack occurs. And this is going to be um, particularly negative effect on aging and damage to the cells normally what will actually happen is once we've sort of that um, inflammatory stimulus has been taken away everything goes goes back to normal but when we see long-term chronic inflammation we're basically going to be getting an increase in free radicals an increase in harmful molecules which is going to increase the need for antioxidants and anti-inflammatories otherwise we're we're going to see more things on the skin if we're looking directly you know referring specifically to the skin this is why we can also see premature aging glycation and pigmentation from chronic low-grade inflammation internally within the body mm, that's absolutely fascinating so what impact exactly does inflammation within the body have on the skin um, and again more in the context of healing when we've had some kind of trauma surgery aesthetic treatment etc well we need the inflammation for the healing to cut to occur um, because what what the inflammation is going to do is bring sort of is have a, a knock-on effect to call on all the inflammatory mediators to basically come and, and see if there's any damage, if you like, and to see what needs help and what needs destroying, I mean, in, in a very basic, basic way to describe that. Um, and during that activity, that's when we're going to start to see more free radical damage occur. So, look, any inflammation is going to increase free radicals which is going to increase the need for antioxidants so we need to get that fine balance of some inflammation to help with the healing process but not too much because too much inflammation as i kind of said sort of chronic inflammation is going to lead to 
premature aging, but even acute temporary inflammation, if they're too much, then um, we can also see a breakdown of collagen because it, if we've got to get inflammatory mediators to the site of the wound, we're also going to see um, things like collagenase stimulated so that these inflammatory mediators can actually get easier to the wound and more, and more quickly. So if you're doing a treatment, say like collagen induction therapy, if you're traumatizing the skin too much, you know, going too aggressively, um, we need to get that fine balance between some inflammation to stimulate the wound healing process, but not too much to actually cause too much trauma. That makes mm, sense. Absolutely. And then enough nutrients to the cells so that when they do replicate and remodel, they are of good quality. Exactly. So if we're yeah. not having the nutrients, then, then the wound healing is going to be impaired and we're going to get more trauma and more damage. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on like nutritional supplements that claim to assist in repair and recovery? I know chemist shelves are just filled with these types of supplements, um, ranging from things for gym supplements to more skin, hair and nails. Um, what are your thoughts on um, the increase in these types of products in the market? Yes, it's a good one. Look, I, it depends on the actual supplement. I'm always first and foremost, get nutrition through food, get it through whole foods, because when you get your nutrient through food, it comes with all the necessary bioactives and cofactors for maximum bioavailability and maximum absorption. When you take isolated nutrients, then you're losing all those bioactives and the cofactors. And as a result, um, there will be side effects and you will have sort of knock-on effects long-term that could be detrimental. I mean, there was a recent study that came out of, I think it was Sydney University, about supplementation with isolated amino acids and things like branch chain amino acids have um, long-term supplementation even been linked to shortening of lifespan. And I think, you know, it's, it's common sense. If we isolate something and take it out of its natural habitat and then we, we try and cheat the system, there is going to be a, a negative side effect. So there may be a place for some sort of high-dose synthetic supplements, but we do know long-term, you know, something like zinc, for instance, if we take zinc long-term, then you're going to actually throw out other nutrients in the body, particularly things like Copper, you can also affect iron, um, which both of all of them actually are needed for wound healing. And you can actually lower the immune system long term because rather than have an effect on um, gene expression that we're getting from certain plant compounds, which have the ability to regulate gene expression and switch on or off certain genes that are actually going to help with things such as antioxidant production in the body or apoptosis of the cell so we're sort of cleaning up the debris of the cell or even killing off the cell if, if there's too much damage when we take supplements we can actually kind of overrule these pathways and so long term we can actually have have more damage so i think that the research isn't there for particularly isolated nutrients and synthetic supplements. I do think long-term effects could actually be detrimental. And I, I think we need to be really looking at getting nutrition from natural whole foods so that we are getting all of the plant compounds that we need for um, 
healthy gene expression to maintain the cell health and also to protect the DNA function of the cell. Mm. And I guess it's also um, would be appropriate now to ask in regards to Vitus or you being the founder um, and how this differs as to those isolated supplements that you have kind of been discussing. Um, Are you able just to give a really brief kind of, I guess, overview of how they differ? Absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons we wanted to sort of bring Vitasol into the skincare industry in particular was because we wanted to develop something that was natural using organic ingredients that were in their whole food so that they do come with all of the cofactors, the bioactives, you know, things like um, phenolic compounds, things that are going to actually help with helping that natural gene expression. There's um, something that recent research has shown called the NRF2 activator that has the ability to up or down regulate over 500 different genes, which we know are involved in things such as your own antioxidant production and actually helping with um, clearing up the cells to actually help to, you know, things like DNA repair enzymes. So to actually help to protect against DNA damage and cell mutations that we know can actually long-term lead to disease and damage. So Vitasol really was based on um, helping to support DNA, helping to reduce inflammation within the body, helping to um, support gut and liver and also support detoxification pathways of the body, all of the things that we know um, have been linked to premature ageing. And, of course, all of these things will be linked to skin conditions as well. You know, we can see pigmentation, glycation, all of these things. Um, And the gut, if we've got problems, they'd be seen on the skin such as breakouts we can see rosacea acne etc so it's about treating the skin from within and supporting with the nutrients as they would be found in nature to support a healthy skin as opposed to taking high dose synthetic supplements which can actually knock out um, the natural pathways or biochemical pathways and then long term maybe have a detrimental effect Mm, fascinating and also appropriate, I guess, when we are at these more vulnerable times and we might be having more of these intensive treatments where the nutritional needs are increased. Absolutely. So, yeah, increasing nutrition is important. Um, and when I say increasing nutrition, you know, getting the right nutrition um, during times of maybe it's pre-post-surgery. So it's it's important generally for general health and well-being and for the condition of the skin. But if you are having something that's a little bit more invasive a treatment, then we definitely need to make sure that we have enough of these nutrients in our diet and we can get that via food. Um, and that's when if, if you feel like you want that extra boost, then that's when you'd be looking at taking something like Vitasol, which is going to support with all the necessary nutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, the amino acids, those specific nutrients that are going to support the wound healing process. Mm, That's great. And that's a perfect segue. I wanted to ask you three pieces of advice for someone that is perhaps going through or has a loved one that's going through major surgery, um, aesthetic surgery, um, you're having intensive, you know, revision of scarring or aging or whatever it is. What could three pieces of advice be from you um, to them? Well, I think setting yourself up really for success is the best thing possible. So 
looking at the diet, looking at what needs to be cleaned up in the diet, so reducing things like alcohol, sugary foods, processed foods. But really try and prepare yourself. So three months prior, I would say, really is a, a good time frame, um, depending on obviously if it's surgery or not or whether it's something less invasive. But three months prior is really going to give you a good time frame of really being able to sort of get those nutrients up because some nutrients are stored in the body and, and some aren't. Um, so the diet, getting in the fresh fruits and vegetables, the fibre, protein is very important, reducing alcohol, reducing processed foods. And, of course, fitness. So exercise, if we're exercising, building up muscle tone, that's going to help with lymphatics. Um, just the general movement is going to help with the lymphatics. And we know that a healthy lymphatic system is so important for sort of healing, I guess, but also recovery time. Um, and getting in the right mindset as well. Positive mindset is everything. So looking at things such as yoga, meditation, exercise, that's also going to help with the mind because how, you know, there's limited research, but we know that how we think can affect our body. And I think if we're in a positive state of mind, it's going to have a lot more powerful effect on our healing than if we're feeling sort of unhealthy or depressed or, or we weren't mentally prepared for the downtime post-surgery. Mm, that's wonderful advice. Thank you. And what would you like to see more of in the industry relating to either surgery and nutrition, perhaps considering that that is your, your specialty? I think um, really in the skincare industry in general, we really need to be looking more closely at the importance of nutrition. We spend so much time looking at topical skincare and um, invasive treatments to treat conditions on the skin. But I think really starting to look at the importance of good nutrition, the role that it plays in skin health is going to make a real difference to the condition of the skin. And also looking at gut health, we often say, you know, wear sunscreen to protect from aging, but let's start looking at protecting the gut and looking at what we're eating for maximizing the health of the gut, which ultimately is going to actually help to um, help us with the aging process as well. And I don't think we, we're looking enough at that. Um, so looking more at within and how that's actually going to help with the healing process of the skin. And I think that really comes down to education. There needs to be more education in the medical system and also in the skincare industry on the effects of nutrition and the skin. Mm, thank you. And Fiona, where can people find more about you and what you do? Well, I've got a website. So two websites. If you're interested in in more boosting nutrition in a, a simple way, but, but getting nutrition as naturally as possible, and you are looking for something that you can take to support a healthy diet, then you can check out Vitasol, which is all natural whole foods that are, that are easy to take, specifically designed for specific skin conditions. And that's Vitasol, so V-I-T-A-S-O-L.com. Um, we've also got some information on healthy eating on there as well the longevity diet book can be downloaded that's free to download and then of course if you want more information on nutrition then my personal website fionatut.com 
We've got a lot of inflammation. Uh, inflammation. I've been talking about that too much. <laughs> information on there regarding nutrition. There's free downloads. There's fact sheets. There's handouts that you can download as well for additional information. Oh, thank you, Fiona, and thank you so much for being a guest on today's show. It was an absolute pleasure to hear you and the wealth of information that you bring as well. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Marnina, and thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. What a wonderful interview with Fiona. Fiona shared with us some real insights in regards to nutrition Um, When it comes to healing, something that we haven't really discussed on this show, but I think as has been highlighted is so very important for uh, not just skin health, but overall health and integrity when it comes to healing, whether it be from surgery, whether it be from aesthetics treatments. And the three deeper than skin insights that stood out to me were, well, number one, Nutrition can be really intricate and really complicated depending on uh, exactly what that particular individual's needs or requirements are. So I think, um, you know, that just highlights it's not just um, a simple thing of just, you know, eat more of a certain type of food. There are so many nutrients used in different ways and it really depends on that individual that it's important that I guess when looking at nutrition with these more intensive treatments, it really needs to be individualized to that person. Number two, water, water intake. How um, how much do we consider that? Not just on a daily basis. I know that's harped on about, but when it comes to healing. So Fiona mentioned that a lack of water or dehydration can uh, have an impact on cell migration and even wound healing. So that was a really important um take home point but also not just to take you know three four five liters of water a day it really comes back to that individual need as well and it depends on how much water you're losing so i guess that comes down to activity level age etc um and number three was we can think about yes eating healthy when we're healing and things like that but even to think of it way before that and actually start preparing our bodies to heal the most optimally that they can um, when we're undergoing these types of treatments. And Fiona suggests perhaps even three months before to maybe speak to your healthcare provider, nutritionist um, about the procedure that you may be having if if it is something that um, I guess is elective or something that is uh, in the future and preparing your body so that when you do undergo this type of treatment, your body is going to have the nutrients it needs to be able to heal as optimally as possible. You know, there's one thing that I love more than skin. That's probably podcast reviews. (laughs) If you're enjoying these podcast episodes, we would love to hear about it jump onto your podcast app, scroll down, hit the five stars, go on, we know you want to, and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, you can connect with us on social media at dermhealth.co or send us an email, info at dermhealth.co. And if there is a guest that you would love to hear from on the podcast episode, we want to know about it. Get in touch. 
Have a great week and we'll speak to you again soon.